Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, Western Florida Guild, Professional Anarchist, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. How about yourself? Um... It's 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 been it's been a it's been a pretty productive week overall. Getting yeah. a lot of things taken care of. I, I will say this. So I'm eating. Or, about a month ago, mm-hmm. I switched. I got off nights. Now I'm back to days. Right. 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 And I didn't realize until maybe maybe a week ago, maybe even two weeks ago. Like how much damage working nights was doing to me? Right. No, I think you did. You knew. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of knew, but I don't. Maybe I. I don't think I even realized the extent of it, of like how much it just screws up your entire world. Like right. it screws up your life. Right. Working nights like that. So I'm getting now back more into the grind of everything, which it, again, it's been nicer. So yeah, it's been good and being part of the land of the living i guess you could say is yeah, yeah somewhat nicer right now so it's it's getting better um my diet is getting a lot better now mm-hmm. so i'm now like i'm you know like a oatmeal in the morning salad for lunch a di- you know good dinner a little bit of snack here and there but not wow. too much though Are you suicidal what do you mean oatmeal for breakfast and salad for lunch well yeah i actually i i got to tell you i like oatmeal for breakfast though Hmm, really? Yeah. I don't eat breakfast. No, I like having breakfast. And I have a couple cups of coffee yeah. after that. And I generally eat two meals a day. And, and usually the first one is at 5 and the second one's about 8 or 9 oh, gosh. p.m. Yeah. <laughs> my, oh. So my breakfast is like dinner for most people. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's been – but it's been pretty good. But I had a – and I, I, did, I just did it before before you came in. So – You did what? Okay. Let me, let me explain. Let okay. Me explain. All right. All right. So uh, what I wanted to do was that Florida Bruce Traveler blog right. on, yeah. on Substack, right? One of the many, many you know, Things wild ideas done. you have that you've never done. Right. I got you. Well, right. so here's the thing. Look, I suck at writing reviews. But you know who's good at writing reviews? Who? <laughs> Chat GPT. Oh, Jesus Christ, really? <laughs> so what I'm going to do is have Chat, Chat DPT, like I'm going to ask it certain questions, and then it's just going to give me the, 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 all the information. Well, for then all it's the not breweries. your review. Uh, that's that's like totally cheating. That's plagiarism. Yeah, that's just it's like, not plagiarism. Well, it is. It's not plagiarism. Yeah, it is. It is because it's not your review. Well, I agree with the review. I, I, I just how, didn't write how the, it. How the hell does Chat know? Chat GPT never drank a beer. Well, it just gives you like the the, the like, like what? Like hold on, I'll, I'll read. I'll read it to you. I'll well, re- wait a second. What, what? Oh, this is pissing me off. <laughs> I knew you were going to be disappointed in me. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very disappointed in you. So, like, hang on a second. So, you you try a brewery. So, I'm going to go to a brewery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're going to have their beer, and you're going to form an opinion of it. And then you're going to ask ChatGPT to write a review for you. Yeah, a positive one. But 
if you're in order to input the correct information to get the right output, you're essentially writing the review anyway. I mean, how? Here's the thing: How do you tell Chat GPT what you thought of the beer so that they can write an accurate review without actually writing a fucking accurate review? Well, I, I mean that makes no sense. Here's to the me. thing. Okay, so there's a in one of these look in one of these things. Like, let, let me see. So I did Cigar City. Right? You don't deserve to be human. I know <laughs> you don't. So I did Cigar City, and it says. So I, I said, give it a title. Um, and it says a flavor for a journey of craftsmanship and tradition. Cigar City Brewing, right? And then I said, write me well, an original. Uh, write wait, me wait, an, wait, wait, wait. Based on what you just said, give me a title for a review of Cigar City. What did you tell? Exactly what did you tell Chat GPT? Okay, so I said, write me a positive review of Cigar City Brewing. Oh, so it's fucking meaningless. And it, and it gave me this, the title of Flavor okay, for Journey of Okay, so Christ. it has no idea. Well, it, it looks up everything in the world and figures out the right thing to so say. So it plagiarizes other reviews because that's its input data. Basically. Yeah. Oh, All right, so, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Right. You you have no business doing this. <laughs> people are doing it all the time, and, and fuck those people. Okay, well fuck me too then. Yes, hold on. Let me let me read this though. Oh, let me read oh, it real quick. Yeah, so let I me s- read you the review real quick. <clears throat> Cigar City Brewing is an absolute gem in the craft beer industry, offering a remarkable experience that combines unparalleled flavors, exceptional craftsmanship, and a deep rooted passion for brewing. As a beer enthusiast, I can wholeheartedly say that Cigar City Brewing has earned its oh, place among the liar. finest you breweries in the world. Liar! This is so wrong everything in there is true look this is not a bit i am so angry about this (laughs) (laughs) this is so wrong dude do you not understand why this is so wrong (laughs) it's just wrong you know, you're you're asking an AI that doesn't under even understand the concept of drinking a beer. Look, from the moment you step foot into the tap room, <laughs> no, you're greeting with a warm atmosphere that exudes a sense of camaraderie among fellow beer lovers. Really? That's all that's true. Uh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. All of that is true. Oh my god. You know what? And every single brewery you go to and say, write me a positive review, it's going to sound exactly like that. Well, hold on. Hold on. I knew you were going to ask that question. So let's do a new chat. No. Hold on. No, no. We'll do a new chat. Why are you encouraging the thing that's going to destroy humanity? (laughs) You know, you are so part of the problem. You are so part of the problem. You are the reason that mankind is ultimately going to be eradicated. All right. How do you spell Dunedin? I'm not even going to tell you. Come on. Just tell me. D-U-N-E-D-I-N. D-U-N-E-D-I-N. And that's brewery, right? Yes. All right. Write me a positive review of Dunedin Brewery, right? It's going to sound exactly the same. Let's see if it does. Let's see what it does. All right. So... Go ahead. Hold on, hold on. The the title, A Brew Lover's Paradise at Dunedin Brewery. Mm -hmm. Review. Dunedin Brewery, the oldest craft beer, uh, the craft beer brewery in Florida, has consistently delivered a sublime experience that goes beyond the realms of regular brew pubs. How the fuck does AI know what sublime is? This place is is not just a brewery. It's an institution dedicated to the art of crafting beer, and it shows in every aspect of the experience. The variety of beverages... On offer is mind-boggling with the brew it's to suit every palate. It's not mind-boggling. Hold on, boggling. with the brew to suit every palate. That's awesome. Eh. From the refreshing apricot peach ale to the robust that eaten brown ale, each beer is a masterpiece of balance and complexity. See, the see, seasonal that's, brew. No, see, that's that's if it knew anything about Dunedin Brewery, it would have been talking about the redhead ale. 
Yeah, yeah. See, this is all bullshit, man. That's the thing. It's 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 a lie. Everything about it is a lie. No, it's not. It not. has no concept of any of these things. <laughs> it doesn't know the 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 way that the the bathroom in Dudden Brewery smells like piss and yeast. Okay, it doesn't know uh, what the stage is like there, and you know how tight the band is, little packed in on onto it. You know. It doesn't know all the nuances, the the real things about the place, you know. And I love Dunedin Brewery, um, you know. I've been going there for thirty years, you know. But it, it just it's it's just a lie. It's the same pablum every time. You know what I'm saying? And that's uh, that's what I hate about it. You know, it can't experience any of these things. You know, yet it's it's God. You see, this is. Truth is gone. Truth is gone in our reality. It really is. You know, and, and look, you're smiling at me, but I am so fucking pissed off right now. I know you are. Because this is everything that's wrong with our culture today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We accept the lie as long as it sounds good. Oh, well, that sounds good, but it's, no, it's a fucking lie. And everything about that is a lie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it just... Well, here's the thing. I don't think it's a lie. It's just... Look, it's, it is. No, it it's is. not. It is because it's writing this with absolutely no basis in reality, no basis in experience. You know, it's just taking pretty words and throwing them in randomly. I wouldn't say that it's doing it randomly. Yeah, but it's... it's. I tell you what. You don't think that they're an institution dedicated to the art of crafting beer? That's fair. But that's just what it's picked up from the place's website. Well, it's picked up from a various all, from right. on the internet entirely, and it's correct that it is the oldest brewery. But when it talks about you know sublime flavors and mind-boggling, yeah, you know, they got like you know fifteen taps. It's not a mind-boggling assortment, you know. It, it, that's the thing. It's all just pretty words. It knows to put pretty words in there, but there's no basis in reality. There's no truth to it. There's no soul to it. You know what I'm saying? Write a fuck. Write your own fucking review. I can't write for shit. Uh, yes, you can. No, I can't. Uh, you can if if you just put your mind to it. You know, but but because of fucking AI, you're losing the capability of doing that, and that is the biggest problem. <clears throat> I've said it a million times. It's it's the same GPS issue, okay? You have millions upon millions of Americans that cannot get anywhere without GPS. And these are, these are fucking places that they've been dozens of times. And you turn off their GPS, and they're suddenly like, they're lost in their hometown. You know, it's when we rely on this technology to do the things that our minds and our bodies used to do, we lose that ability. Our minds are fucking atrophying. And in the process for, for uh, you know, taking on all this, oh, it's so convenient. It's so easy. We are actually creating a situation where we are less capable as human beings and it's going to just get worse and worse and worse till we are literally incapable of survival without this technology. 
And it's horrifying to me. I, I, it's just astounding to me that we're just we're we're like charging headlong into this this future where we are incapable of anything. You know, I mean, shit. The vast majority, the vast majority of young people have no idea how to change a fucking tire. You know, they couldn't install a faucet. If, if their life depended on it, you know, it's it's crazy how incapable this technology is making us. And that is part of the reason that I shun it. I don't want to be dependent on this shit for my existence, for my survival. You okay. know, OK, look, there's two things here. One, the overall point that you're making, I don't even necessarily disagree with. But I will say this in a certain aspect, if you can't beat them, join them. And I'm here's the thing. If I'm just going to write reviews about breweries and put it up there. And again, I'm you're gonna, not. But I am. But you're, though. you're not. You're, you're not writing a goddamn thing. And that's the truth. You are not using any of your own sensory input in, in your own creative mind to put something out there to share with other people. You don't even have to go to these places to do this shit. Well, that's the thing, though. I'll definitely go to each one of them before I do it. it, it, it so that chat GP, it wouldn't matter. Why would it matter? Well, you know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. You can do the same thing without ever experiencing any of those things and have G- chat GPT write, write the article well, for Well, that's it. true. It could do that. Right. Yeah. And it's a lie, man. You're selling a lie. I, it's no, it's well, I, it doesn't cost anything to do it. It's free. It doesn't matter. Well, no, no, no. Chat You're GPT promoting actually a lie. Costs, here's the thing though but writing a review about a place is promoting a lie yes yes all right it is i'm gonna start using the shit out of chat gpt by the way god i i've got to find a way to kill these things <laughs> i've got to make it my life work to to destroy these things I, I i'm not even kidding i know you're not that's the best part <laughs> it's not the best part we're literally talking about the extinction of our fucking species oh, but come on now here's the thing you this is just how it starts though this is just we're just in phase one of this shit but it's going to happen so fast that we're not going to see it and by the time we actually realize it it's too late okay let me just let me let me say it like this and again, this is a different subject, but the, the point that I'm making is the same point that I'm making. From 2009 until for a long, long time, I dedicated my life to bucking the system, fighting the machine. You call it whatever you want to call it. Right. And as did I, as did you, as did, I, mean, I wasn't saying you didn't. No, do no, this. I know. I wasn't I saying you didn't do this. And I think what we ended up realizing was, is that it's going to do what it's going to do, and there's nothing we can do to stop it, right? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. The difference is, is I refuse to participate in it. You know what I'm saying? Unless there's cheese involved. Well, I'll take government cheese because I'm just getting some of my money back. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's like, that's like a, for, for me, that's a refund. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I get you there. A partial there. refund. I view this, doing this the same way that you view doing that. No, but it's not. Okay. Look, trying to get some of the money back that the government has taken from me my entire life is not the same as participating in something that is going to cause you to become a less and eventually incapable human being why would you do that to yourself 
Well, here's the thing. Hold on. Let me just say it like this. Look, look, I will say this. My writing skills are horrible. They're not as bad as you think. They're pretty bad. They're not as bad as you think. But by reading these reviews the way that they're doing it and the structure and the base, I can come up with my own voice at the same but time. But that's not what you said you're doing. You're not using this as a tool. You're using it to do it for you. Well, in the beginning, yeah, but it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help because there's going to be some places that it won't be able to do, and then I'll have to do it myself. Oh, <laughs> God forbid, huh? Right. <laughs> no. No, that's not it. I know. You I know knew, what look, it is? I knew you were going to be mad about you this. You are going to be the person that drives into a fucking lake because GPS told you to. Okay, I never well, drove into a lake. there's a lake right there, but it says turn left like, now. I, I never turned. I never did that with a not lake. Not yet. Well, not yet, but it's well, coming. Well, first smart car got fucked up because of that, though. <laughs> did it? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Okay, so I was, I was doing deliveries at the time, and it had me going down this dirt road, and I just couldn't go down this dirt. Like, this dirt road was not possible. I ended right. up getting stuck out there. And then, right. But you went anyway. Well, it seemed like hang the right on, way to hang go. Hang on a second. So you saw it was a dirt road. You, in your mind, made the assessment that, ooh, I don't think I can make it down that road. Yeah, but in, look, in but, the northern but part because, of Pasco, but in the northern part of Pasco, that wouldn't be the first time I had to do that. Because a computer told you to do it, you said, well, the computer must know better than me. And that is a fucking problem. I, I'm not even joking here. Well, no, no, no. That is where we're going listen, as a species. Listen, at the same time, now, now I have much more of a discerning eye when it comes to like when I was doing Uber Eats, I had much more of a discerning eye at that point. Yeah. Where there's roads I wouldn't go down. Yeah. Well. So. <laughs> at least you're not, uh, you know, totally Pavlovian at this point, but you're getting there. I'm not going to. Here's the thing. Look, when I, when I, when I was, because I was last night, because we went to um, uh, Sponge City. You ever been to Sponge City yet? Mm-mm, no. Oh, I got to tell you. Tarpon? Hi, yeah, Tarpon. Highly recommend that you go there. Yeah. It's off of all 19, like right across the street from that strip plaza south of Tarpon Ave. Okay. All right. I know the general there, area. There, yeah. There used to be like an old gas station there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, they've converted the gas station into the brewery. Okay. So Tarpon Ave and Alt 19? South of that, though. Okay. As you're going south, it'd be on the left-hand side. Okay. So we went, me, Kelly, uh, Ray, and Carrie actually went there for um, uh, for a couple drinks and for dinner. Right. And we got a flight and stuff like that. Um, But I was sitting in there, and I was like, man, you know, because I've asked, you know, we, we I go out with Ray and John, go to these breweries. And I was, you know, and I'm like, well, let's write a review about it and stuff like that. And every time it was just, it, it, none of them have come out good. They've all kind of sucked a little bit. And it's just, it hasn't looked good. And I was well, like, tell me, tell me what you thought of the place. Oh, for that place? Yeah. Okay, look, first off, the concept of it, what they did was they converted an old gas station. I like that because what they're doing is they're taking older buildings and they're repurposing them. Okay. So I like that part of it. Right. The, 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 the parking kind of sucks a little bit because parking would always suck on those places, yeah. right? But they redid, they basically opened, they redid the back completely. Mm-hmm. They actually took a, um, like a, uh, like a, a, a shipping container. Oh, okay. Right. So they took a shipping container, put it in the back. Now, when I went there the first time, it was all up, so it just looked like a shipping container. I mean, they painted it, made it look good and shit like that. Right. But what they do is they put it down. And then they have bands that play can oh, play there at the same cool. time. Yeah. But if you put it up, then what happens is you can store the shit you would need for, right. you know, because it's like a storage place, yeah. but only for like their stuff. How they was have, the beer there? Beer was good. What'd you have? Um, I don't remember the name of it, to be honest with you, though, yeah. unfortunately. I don't yeah. remember the name of but it. But what'd you think overall? 
Overall, I thought it was a great. It was a good place. Beers were good. They had the dark beer. I didn't really like that dark beer. Okay. And they had they did serve some stuff from other places as well. Okay. So and I had a, so not all of their stuff was their own, huh? No, no, not all of their stuff was okay. their own. But it was a, a lot of it was really good though. They had a, a look. And I like the ciders, man. I like I'm, I like the ciders. And right. So they had an apple cider there yeah. that was from some place in California. Yeah. That was a good cider though. I really liked the cider. Okay. So and then they had like a brown ale. And then the brown ale I, I, that I got, I liked a lot because mm-hmm. that one was a, it was a good one. It's not as good as Craft Life, but it was it was pretty good though. Okay, you just wrote a fucking review. Yeah, like a three. You just fucking wrote a review. That, what do you expect, man? Wait, hold on, I no no no. I didn't you write don't a have review. To use, I said a review. Okay, now you you type that into a, a fucking computer or you write it down on a piece of paper and you've written a review. You know, you know I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, that doesn't the thing. sound nearly as good as what I've seen on. But Chat it's GPT. a lie. It's a lie on ChatGPT. No, it's not a lie. It is. It's a fucking lie because ChatGPT was never there, never drank a beer, never saw the band, never had to deal with the crappy parking. You know what I'm saying? Never knew that it was a converted gas station. You know what I'm saying? ChatGPT didn't know any of that. They just put a bunch of pretty words to fucking gather that were completely meaningless. Do you understand my point now? Yeah, I do. I'm not going to change what I'm going to do. I know, fucking asshole. All right. Well, we, we're just gonna have to agree. Did to you ru- did you ru- did I ruin your day? Already? Yeah, yeah. I'm I, sorry, I'm, buddy. I'm very fucking. All right, pissed I won't off. do it then. I'm very fucking pissed <laughs> off. Who <laughs> you are? Yeah, you're right. I know you are. I, well, all right. It's, it's Look, I knew part of it was gonna make you mad, but it, all it of did it make ma- for good radio. All of it made me mad. It did make for good radio. Hey, so, um, you know, Libby, my dingo. Yeah. We had to put her down a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we got a new puppy. What's the puppy's name? Uh, Finn. Finn? Finn. F-I-N. F-I-N-N. Yeah. F-I-N-N. Why Finn? I don't know. <laughs> it's Did you just randomly yeah. pick a name? I, I like a one-syllable name. And it's an Irish breed, so it seemed appropriate. So, yeah. An Irish what? Uh, it's a it's a Wheaton Terrier. Yeah. What's that look like? Hold on here. Uh, they're uh, you know, kind of like long hair uh, dogs. They're kind of smallish. You know, they get about 35, 40 pounds. All right. So you know. how, do you, how do you spell it? W-H-E-T-O-N. W H E smart as hell T O N. You know, I I um a soft coated Wheaton Terrier. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so looks like a small dog. Yeah, well, she's she's only about eighteen pounds right now, but they get up to about thirty five, forty pounds. You know, so yeah, that's it. Except uh, mine's uh, that's what they look like full grown. They actually change color. You know, so she'll eventually be white. They're like right chameleons? now she's like brown and black. Yeah, but uh, smart smart dog. Yeah, good, good dog. Uh, actually, housebroker. She's only three months. How I trained her. Uh, you know, housebroker in uh, two days. You know, well, they're known for their friendly and outgoing personalities, making them excellent family companions. They love to be part of the family's activities and enjoy the company of children. Yeah, Wheaton Taylors are typically sociable with other dogs and get along well with Chad other GP pets. Chad GPT wrote that. See, I don't want you. Fucking, no, no, that's just no, Google. I don't want you fucking reading that because that's you don't have any basis in reality. I'm actually telling you my real world experience, and you're reading from a fucking computer. Okay. <laughs> Would you like me to tell you how the dog actually is, or would you like to read it from fucking some AI? <laughs> you know, you're so. Mad. I'm so mad. I'm so love fucking it. mad. I love it. Oh, Jesus. Christ. All right, hold on. There's one more thing we do got to talk about. That. Well, hang me- on. I want to talk about my dog. Oh man. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. So I I learned the secret to house breaking a dog. Okay. What's that? You pee in the yard, and where you want the dog to pee, and the dog will follow suit. 
Two days. I house broke the dog. So you were just that. outside peeing in the yard, well, which I, you do anyway. I do that anyway. But yeah, it's it's like you know. I, I, Hold on, do you pee in the front yard? No, no, just in the back. I got a privacy fence, so you know. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I don't want to actually be arrested for uh, a sex offense. <laughs> yeah, because you might be when you do that. Yeah, so I don't pee in the front yard. <laughs> well, maybe sometimes if it's really dark and no one's around. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that works like a champ. So if you're ever trying to housebreak a puppy, take them out in the backyard, piss where you want them to piss, and they'll like be like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. You know, they sniff it, and oh, yeah. So that worked really well. But, yeah, good dog. Good dog, man. Smart, friendly, easy to train, eager to please, you know, so good characteristics. So nice. That's my new doggy. Aw. I got a doggy. Finn. Yeah. Come here, Finn. So after, after Sit the, down, Finn. After the show, I'm taking her fishing. Aw. Yeah. So that'll be fun. We'll see how she does with that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what's going on in my world. Well, there's one more thing I did want to talk to you about. Oh, geez. Is it going to piss me off, too? No. No. This should make Are you happy. Are you sure? Yeah. It, no, no. This should make you I, happy. I'm so pissed off right now. I, I might get pissed off at it just in general. No. There's no way that this just is going to make principle. you mad. All right. Let's hear it. Because I'm going to talk about last Monday night. Oh. Okay. Yeah. We're talking football, huh? Yeah. Love yeah. It. See? Look at yeah, that. See? There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, Buck spanked the Eagles. Oh, God. I love it. You love know, it when here's the, the thing. Eagles. Look, I have not watched an entire football game in a long time. Right. And I sat and watched this football Which game. Which it shocked me that you were calling me in the middle of the game to, you know, talk about the game. Yes. So, yes. Which is why I thought, are, are you high? Are you drunk? What's no, going on? No, nothing like that. <laughs> You're watching football? I, I don't understand you. Like, if there is any team that I can, like, I can, here's the thing. Like, I'm normally indifferent now about football. Like, I don't really, I, right. I, don't, I don't love or and hate. For like, those, I like the home teams, but that's about it. For, for those of you new listeners, uh, we are, uh, you know, in the Tampa Bay area, and I am a diehards Bucks fan and Lightning fan and Rays fan. Uh, Alex is kind of like a, you know, and look, I used to be. You used look, to be a huge sports guy, and then and you now got into politics, yeah. and then you kind of dropped all your sports, and now you're kind of picking them back up again a I, little bit. Here's the thing: I'm watching them again, right? And I watched this game, yeah. And I got to tell you, it was again. Hold on. So, like, I don't really look. I I love the home teams. I love them. if I'm if I'm gonna be a, a fan of a football team, the only one I'm a fan of would be the Bucks, right? And for the rest of them, I'm kind of indifferent. With the exception of like two teams. Right. One of them being the Dallas Cowboys. I just fucking hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. But the second one that I hate even more is the fucking Eagles. Yeah. yeah. I fucking Actually, hate the Eagles. I hate the entire NFC East. It's like that whole division just pisses me off. Yeah. So I don't like yeah. I don't like the Eagles. I, I, I definitely hate the Eagles, right? Uh, the Washington, I, I can tolerate. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. hate Washington. But fuck the Giants. Fuck the Eagles. Yeah, I don't care. But fuck I don't, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, don't care. But it was so nice to watch the Bucks just look. And here's the thing: and they were, and they were. When you're listening to the, the the commentators and stuff, they weren't talking about how well the Bucks were doing. They were just talking about how bad the Eagles were doing. And I tended to agree with them. Well, yeah, the Eagles they played a horrible game, and the Eagles have been on a slide. But having said that, the Bucks are heating up, so they're getting hot at the right time you got to remember now they've won five of their last six games so i think six of the last seven of them is it six of the last seven yeah because i think five of six was to get to the the, playoff to that game game. okay and then one more now it's six out of seven right and and we're going to detroit which you know it's indoor yeah 
of the teams that are left, I think the Bucks have the best chance of beating Detroit. Yes. Yeah. You know, so so the but here's the thing. This is the weird thing. Without Tom Brady, and hold on, I, I, back to the Philly game though, because like the thing about the Bucks was, man, there were so many drop passes, right? That were like like right at him. I mean, a couple of them were Baker Mayfield's fault, but for the most part, like man, there were some just dropped ass passes that I couldn't believe that they end up dropping. Right. But that didn't matter though because Philly couldn't tackle for shit. Right. Right. Like they and it looked like they gave up, man. Like, well, and then like the they thing. gave up in the first quarter. They they didn't adjust to the blitz. That was the biggest problem, you know, uh, because we're you know we're getting pressure on uh, Jalen Hurts every play. Yeah, and I um, hate that name, by the way. Well, I, I don't know what to do with that information. I'm sorry <laughs> that you hate a person's name, um, but. Uh, yeah, and and they're going, you know, four wide with uh, you know nobody in the backfield to uh, you know chip anybody or it just their blocking schemes were horrible. They did they didn't make any adjustments on offense, and their secondary is just horrendous. I mean, they couldn't tackle for shit. So, yeah, it just it, it just was a, a bad effort by the Eagles in general. But having said that, the Bucks played really well also. So they played good. Yeah, they were manageable. Yeah. So, so I thought that was I thought that I, was I'm very nice. much looking forward to uh, you know uh, going to Detroit this weekend in a dome, which is nice, you know. And I really hope yeah, it's an inside game. I really hope that the the Packers upset the Niners because if I'm not mistaken, then we would get uh, the NFC Championship game at home because we because we're the Packers. A, we're a higher seed than the Packers. Yeah, you so, think that's true? I think it is. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, because it goes by seeding who gets the home game. So if Green Bay upsets uh, the 49ers, it would be uh, Green Bay. And, and if the Bucks beat Detroit, of, of course, uh, it would be Green Bay coming to Tampa. <laughs> so, yeah. And hold on, we played Green Bay earlier this year and beat them. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Did we? I, I, th- I think so. I want to yeah. think that they did. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And for all you non-sports fans, and for all you folks that don't care about the Bucks or hate the Bucks, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, we do. So that's uh, that's where we're at. All right. I uh, mean, that was uh, like you know we got to do with some of this stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So are you ready to get? Yeah, we beat them thirty-four to twenty. By the way, are you ready to get into the news? I mean, if you want to, we can do that. All right. Well, I'm going to start with one that is absolutely huge and. Uh, I, I, I put the title on there. Maybe it's time we just nuke China. Yes, you did. Yeah, and I, I'm not even kidding about that because, listen, to folks, all right, so we had, we all pretty much know at this point that COVID-19 was a Wuhan lab leak, right? Yep, we know that. We know that it was an engineered virus, right? Okay, they specifically did gain-of-function research in order to make it more infectious, uh, you know, a more... Uh, it, a, a worse disease, essentially. Well, you would think that the scientific community and the Chinese would have learned their lesson from that, right? No, no. The Chinese, now I'll, I'll go ahead and read the headline. Chinese scientists create a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has a 100% kill rate in mice. As they admit, there's a risk it spills over to humans. Okay, hundred percent kill rate. Okay, and here's the thing: is they actually genetically engineered these mice with a human protein. Okay, 
that the virus attacks. Uh, I'll read the article here. Chinese scientists have been experimenting with a mutant coronavirus strain that has 100% lethal, that is 100% lethal in mice, despite concerns such research could spark another pandemic. Scientists in Beijing, who are linked to the Chinese military, of course, cloned a COVID-like virus found in pangolins known as GXP2V and used it to infect mice. The mice had been humanized, meaning they were engineered to express a protein found in people, with the goal being to assess how the virus might react in humans. Every rodent that was infected with the pathogen died within eight days. Every rodent. 100% kill rate, which the researchers describe as surprisingly quick. The team were also surprised to find high levels of viral load in the mice's brains and eyes, suggesting the virus, despite being related to COVID, multiplies and spreads throughout the body in a unique way. Writing in a scientific paper that has not yet been published, they warn the finding underscores a spillover risk of GX uh, underscore P2V into humans. Okay. So they fucking took a virus that existed in another animal engineered the virus to attack a human protein that they introduced into mice and it killed all the mice okay that's not fucking research that is developing a bioweapon you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. they're not saying oh well there this disease out there exists and there's a possibility that if randy marsh goes and fucks a pangolin (laughs) <laughs> to use a South Park reference. Yes, very good South Park uh, reference, right? by the way. Um, that it will, uh, it, it, you know, it could transfer into humans. No, they're actually genetically engineering the virus to infect humans, and it is 100% lethal in mice with this human protein. Nuke fucking China now. Just fucking wipe them off the earth because they are it, it, they are specifically trying to create a bioweapon. Now, keep in mind, what else has been has China been doing? Okay, well, China has been through a variety of different means collecting DNA data on everybody in the planet. Yeah, through like twenty three and Me and stuff like well, that. Well, through hacking twenty three and Me, uh, through uh, taking to to going around the world. And issuing COVID vaccines. Now, keep in mind, COVID-19, the virus that they engineered in their lab and it leaked into the world, okay, they were going around the world and giving free, quote-unquote free, vaccinations for for the disease that they engineered in exchange for DNA samples, okay? So they've collected this massive, massive database of DNA. Now... When you're talking about the different people in different geological regions, different races and and subsets of of individuals, there are slightly unique uh, uh, genetic markers between different ethnic groups of people, correct? Yes. That's how 23andMe can tell you what your ethnicity is, the Mm -hmm. breakdown of it, right? So what if the Chinese are actually engineering a bioweapon that kills everyone but ethnic Chinese. I mean, this is exactly the blueprint for how you would do that. You know? I mean, that... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. Uh, I think it was one of the James Bond. Wouldn't, wouldn't Skyfall or something 
that <laughs> same premise. <We> totally <laughs> One have, of them. Yeah. We totally have more Bond references today. So. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it, it's just, but it, how are we not like, look, it, Iran. I, it's like they want to do it. Iran threatens to make a nuclear weapon, right, that can maybe hit, you know, uh, Pakistan, okay, maybe kill tens or even hundreds of thousands of people, okay, um, and we have no problem taking out those facilities, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. China is literally actively creating a virus that could kill billions of people, okay, and we're not doing anything about it. You know, I would say, to me, that would be justification for starting to strategically strike all of their bioengineering facilities. I, and, but we're partnering with them. <laughs> right? Our government's, I'm sure our government has something to do with this. Uh, I don't think so this time. I don't think so this time. We did the first time, but I think this is a whole different animal. I really, because th- I honestly believe the Chinese government and Xi Jinping is crazy enough to, to you know, do the, the Bond villain thing and come up with a, a virus to wipe out everyone but ethnic Chinese people. You know, I mean, it's it's why else would you do this? I mean, what is the purpose of this? I understand studying a virus to see if it could jump to humans, but they're actually creating a virus specifically making it more dangerous, making it more fatal and making it so that it, it does uh, infect humans. Now, I'm with you on this one. I don't it, like the only look I've listened to some of their rationales for this of like, this is how we fight it by baking, you know, find because we can do it now. We can find cures for it and stuff like yeah. that. Now and then it I gets out. I don't believe you. Right? Yeah. No. Now, I don't believe you. Yeah. Maybe, I don't believe that's what you're doing. It maybe pre-COVID you could have sold that bullshit, but no, it don't fly anymore because we know what happens. Yeah. You know. I and and we know what the response from government is, and it ain't good. Well, we know what the response from the Chinese government would be because they have no problem locking their people inside of buildings and not well, letting them out. Literally. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> not not yeah, literally locking them in there. So if you think about it. They could release this, lock everyone down, and just wait for it to, to spread throughout the planet. And when they're all done, you know, there's no other people left but the Chinese. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it sounds crazy, but why else would you do this? Ultimately, it's why, like, you know, look, when we, I think, I, I don't know if you've used this term before. I think I've used this term maybe more than you've used this term. But communism in and of itself is evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because collectivism in and of itself is evil. Forced collectivism. Forced, yeah. yeah forced Voluntary collectivism. collectivism is fine. Okay. No, no. And then I definitely give you the, and, and I'll understand the difference. Right. But the difference is, and again, somebody has said this before, you could be, you could be a communist living in a free society, but you can't be a person, a free person living in a communist society. Correct. Right. Because they'll, they'll just fucking kill you. Right. Which they have no problem doing it. On the tune of millions of fucking people. Right. Which, and it's it's beyond communism. It's just any time government grows to the point where they think they have uh, authority, complete authority over the individual. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's communism I mean, is their, just one look, form And of in it. their weird, twisted kind of way, they're like, well, this is for the betterment of everybody. Right, exactly. Which is yeah, not. Yeah. It's, it's collectivism is the problem. Forced yeah, yeah. collectivism is the problem. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, China's evil. Mm? China's just evil, man. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I would say China is more evil than Russia is. Yeah, Russia is more evil in the classic, you know, uh, kings and territory type, you know, 
They're that kind of evil. China is a, a different level of evil. Yeah. It, they really are because they are like global domination, destroy everyone else but us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Which, so. you know, and, but it's not the Chinese people per se. It's the the Communist well, Party and the people that are their in charge. Fault because they tolerate it. Well, no, that's true, too. Yeah. Well, then again, if they don't, they get killed. Anybody well, that doesn't tolerate it gets killed. No, that, that's not true. I mean, there's, you know, a billion of them, <laughs> you know, if you get. Well, and they've killed millions if of them. Ten percent. If ten percent of the Chinese people said enough is enough and fought back, it would be over instantly for the, the Chinese, the communist Chinese government. Yeah, know? it'd be nice. To that right. But it's it's just not going to happen because they don't, you know, at least not in enough numbers. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But, yeah, that's that is a, a terrifying story. And it didn't get a lot of play. No, it didn't. Now it was in the Daily Mail, which that's that's and somewhat it, of a of a good paper. It was in a few other um, you know sources, but uh, yeah, that's it, it's just a horrifying turn of events. So, uh, folks, when you hear you know that uh, oh no, the latest virus is GXP two V, you know, know that it was created in a Chinese lab and it is one hundred percent fatal. And if you get it, you're going to die. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, you got that going for you. So that is uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, at least maybe it'll prevent the AI. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I doubt it. We kill, you know, uh, six billion people, and uh, um, I don't know. If the Chinese are the only ones left, then uh, it's not going to help anything. Yeah. All right, uh, move us along. All right, so the next one is, so this week, we've talked a little bit about this before, but so the Supreme Court is looking at um, Chevron versus National Reforce Defense Council. It, well, the actual case is different than this, but it's called the Chevron deference or whatever. Right. All right, you're going to have to explain this because I know nothing about this. Okay. I'm not at all up to speed. Okay, so... Let me read from the, let me read from this article though. So when Justice Paul Stevens issued his 1984 opinion in Chevron USA versus National Re- Resource Defense Council, he state he, he started he started what legal scholar Gary Lawson later called nothing less than a bloodless constitutional revolution. At long last on Wednesday the Supreme Court will hear two cases that may signal the beginning of the end of this revolution. Article 1 of the Constitution explicitly directs that all legislative power herein granted shall be vested in the Congress of the United States, not regulatory agencies. Oh, yes. Yet, okay. Yet right, Steve, right. Yet Justice Stevens' opinion found that agencies may properly rely on the incumbent administration's views of wise policy in reasonably de- uh, defining statutory, statutory ambiguities. The legal doctrine that Chevron spawned became known as the Chevron deference, and former President Ronald Reagan's White House counsel, Peter Wollaston, pointed out that the single most important reason the administrative state has continued to grow out of control. Yeah. 40 years of regulatory and judicial turnover have ensued, finally crescending to a point that has compelled the Supreme Court to intervene. Um, Lober Bright Enterprises versus Romando from the District of Columbia Circuit and Relentless versus Department of Commerce from the First Circuit are now before the court. Both are companies that fish for herring in New England and are family owned and operated, and both are subject to the Magnuson Stevenson Act, which governs fishery management in federal waters. The act allows the National Marine Fishery Services to require herring boats, relatively small vessels that normally carry only five to six people, to also carry federal monitors to enforce its regulations. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wait, listen to this. 
As the as a next step, however, and without any express statutory authorization, the MMFS decided to require Lopal, Bright, and Relentless to also pay the salaries of these monitors, estimated to the MFFS to be seven hundred and ten dollars per day, an amount that can see the profits of it from a day's fishing. Both circuits validated this rule by pronouncing statutory silence to be an uh, ambiguity that required Chevron deference. So basically they're saying they made the rule, they're just allowed to do it. Right. When it accepted um, suratorial? I'm not looking I at I actually it, so. would like to know what this word fucking means because I actually think it's important. Hang on here. Hang on. Now you spell it. Uh, C-E-R-T-I-O-R-A-R-I. Yeah, well, I, I don't know that word. Uh, a writ or order which a higher court reviews a decision of a lower court. Okay. Okay. So when it accepted that in both cases, the court posed a two-part question for litigants to address. Whether the court should overrule Chevron or at least clarify the statutory silence concerning controversial powers expressly but narrowly granted elsewhere in the statute does not constitute an ambiguity requiring deference to the agency. Right. These two options reflected the thoughts of some of the justices have evidence have ev- evidence in their prior opinions. All right, let's let's break it down. Uh, so essentially what this court case means is whether or not uh, executive branch um, agencies have the power to essentially regulate as they see fit or if that power is limited to Congress and the agencies themselves can only enforce what is actually in the law that Congress writes. Yeah. And to me, Article One of the Constitution is clear that only Congress has that authority and any administrative uh, you know, branch, executive branch agency – um, such as the fish, marine, wildlife, you know, whatever that services, uh, marine fisheries, um, is strictly to enforce the laws that Congress has made. They can't start creating their own laws, their own regulation, their own rules, and so on and so forth. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No. No. I, I'm, I'm letting you talk. And, can... and, and that is critically important to how the power structure in this country works. Because right now, we know that all these alphabet agencies have virtually unlimited power to make up whatever rules and regulations they want. And they do it all the time. And in this case, it is pretty egregious that you know a five-man fishing vessel has to have a federal monitor on it. That they're paying $710 a day. (laughs) Right, have to pay the guy's salary. Yeah, it's just that's... Like, we're going to make you... We're going to put this guy on your boat and you have to and pay you got to and you got to pay him right yeah like hold on look i'm i don't like the part where they got to make somebody be on the boat right but the fact is is not only do you have to have this fucking dude on the boat now you got to pay him right like what a job that is and and that's just one example of thousands out there of just out of control uh you know a, a, a federal agencies that are have regulatory power yes and that needs to be but okay, back. so you have two different groupings of well, okay, like you probably have more than two different groupings of people in this country. But you do have a group of people in this country that not only believe in the administrative state, but are actively working to expand it and grow it. Right. And that they're using this 
constitutional revolution that they got this long ago and now they but but now everything happens this way where they write the bills in congress you know uh, what's the word they were using for ambiguity and ambi- right yeah. Like the, Ambiguously. They're, yeah, yeah they're writing them very vague because they want those agencies to do this right and what happens is whatever administration comes in will have their flavor of how they want it to go. Like some of them will do it less, some of them will do it more. Right. But what you don't have is any actual consistency. Right. So every four years, when the executive or every eight years, whenever the executive changes in the presidency, right. that changes those regulatory agencies. So how do you as a business owner able to have consistency in what's going on when really after an election Everything can freaking change. Right. And because they've written it so much that, again, you, you break the law at five times a day or something like right, that. Right. Like, well, when are they going to enforce that shit on you? Even if you're thinking that, well, I'm not a business owner and, and you know, I, I don't really see any problem with, you know, businesses being regulated. Think of it this way. Think of how radically different the IRS has been over different administrations. I mean, there's been some times where the IRS is like, fining me and returning shit and you know every time i turn around i'm getting fucked with by the irs and you know and then there's been other times where they accept my tax forms everything's fine okay here you go we're done you see what i'm saying Uh because that is the the variability in enforcement and in regulations and how they go about their process and i don't think that that unelected officials should have that well i don't think anyone should have that authority but certainly not unelected officials because it's just like when we founded this country it was no taxation without representation well the same would apply to regulation because when you have a a a, uh, you know administrative agency an alphabet agency determining what the laws are what they're going to enforce how they're going to enforce it what rules they're going to create you have no representation. You have no recourse against that agency. Well, you were supposed to have a recourse, and that would be the judicial system. Right. Because that was the, what the checks and balances were supposed to be. Right. Is that the judicial system was supposed to be there. Well, ideally. This court ruling before for Chevron made it so it took them out of the game. Mm-hmm. But ideally, Congress is the only one that is supposed to have that power under the Constitution. Correct. To make any laws, any regulations, anything like that. Well, and here's the thing, but to make them specific. Right. Now, yeah. hold on. So I want to, re- so in, in the in the show notes, I actually put in here a person that is in, that doesn't want to see it go away. So this guy was, his name is David, oh God, hang on here, let me get the name of you. David Donger, a D-O-N-I-G-E-R. <laughs> he's a senior strategic no, director. Yankee, my wanky. Yeah. The Donger need food. Yeah. So he's a senior strategic director of the Climate and Clean Energy Program of the Natural Resource Defense Council, an environmental ag- advocacy organization. So this guy, now he was in front of, they like the Supreme Court ruled against me to empower federal agencies. They got it right. This is the argument that this guy's making in against us, in, in rightly, right. but in yeah. favor. So I, I want to read this one. I want to read a little bit of this because it, it, it so twists everything. Mm-hmm. 40 years ago, I argued a clean air case before the Supreme Court and lost, at least on the specific question in the case. The court, though, laid out sound and essential principles for judicial restraint when reviewing federal agency decisions. Now, in a pair of cases to be argued today, the court will rule on whether to radically change course and put unelected judges 
in the driver's seat for decisions <laughs> that should be made by politically accountable officials. <laughs> First off, that wow, right that there is such, is such a twisting of the truth. Yeah, because how are administrative, you know, uh, unelected bureaucrats, they're, complete. they're not politically uh, responsible yeah. you know, or accountable. Now, the court got it right in 1984, and it should stand by that ruling. At stake is how effective our government can be in protecting clean air and water, safe food and medicine, workplace conditions, the integrity of our financial markets, and much more. Okay, now, here's the thing. How effective our government can be in protect... Like, this is such a ambiguous term, right? Like, and you're saying... Is look, that your word of the day? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Chat um, GPT to tell you that? No, it, it didn't. I it bet didn't. it did. It might have. Um, so, but if you listen to this though, at stake is how effective, so what they're doing is they're putting that fear in you, right? They're putting the fear of, so clean air, clean water, safe right. food, medicine, it's workplace conditions, children. integrity of our mar- markets. Like th- this guy is trying to pull at the heartstrings, but then also completely flipping right. who's uh, unelected because politically accountable officials. Yeah, I would honestly say that a judge is far more politically accountable than uh, is, you know, some middle manager at some alphabet agency. Exactly. Yeah. So as a young natural resource defense counsel advocate, 1984, I argued what became a landmark Supreme Court case, Chevron versus Natural Resource Defense Counsel. The Reagan administration had weakened a key Clean Air Act provision to prevent oil and gas giants like Chevron and other big industrial polluters at the expense of clean air and public health. We asked the court to overrule the administration, arguing that the Environmental Protection Agency was contradicting the clear intent of Congress. The court ruled, though, that in voting to cut air pollution, Congress had given the EPA leeway to decide which industrial projects should have to meet the law's toughest cleanup requirements and which could be built without them in such cases the court ruled it wasn't the role of unelected judges again unelected judges to substitute their personal policy preferences for agency expertise even if groups like ours disagreed with the agency specific choices it wasn't the answer we'd hoped for but we came to respect the ruling and doctrine of chevron deference it articulated no no no. here's the thing what you figured out was how to use favor. that word how right. to use it in your favor yeah that framework protects the essential role of federal agencies in writing the rules and standards required to administer laws passed by congress so again that framework protects the essential role of federal agencies in writing the rules and standards required to administer laws passed by congress that goes against article one section eight right yeah, but there's clearly. but here's the thing: the people that love the administrative state or the deep state or whatever the swamp, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they love this part because that's what can give them the real power to fucking make you do what they want you to do. Oh yeah, without question. Yeah. So judges should step in when agencies flout the clear intent of Congress, but when Congress has enlisted federal agencies to help make the detailed decisions needed to carry out its laws, judges should exercise restraint. This is where. They don't like your opinion. Don't matter, right? And right. you can just—they know better than you. Yeah, yeah. Well, essentially, that's what he's saying. He's saying, well, the the administrative agencies are the experts in this. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. And when there's more than one reasonable way to interpret a law, a judge should respect the choice of the agency. The, the choice the agency makes. Unelected judges shouldn't impose <laughs> their own policy views on agencies that serve the president and respond to Congress. That's so backwards. And again, it, what it doesn't respect is the three branches of government. Right. 
Like, again, if you're going to go down this this road, you don't respect the three different branches well, of government none that there of, are. None of these agencies were ever an intended branch of government. They're, they're an not. function of government. Well, here's the yeah. thing. He's arguing that the executive and the agencies that are made up Because the president is elected, then they're all, like, politically uh-huh. accountable. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, doesn't the president appoint federal judges? Exactly. There you go. Right. So, again, I would say... That, you know, someone making a rule at some alphabet agency is far, far, far less politically accountable than an actual Supreme Court judge or a federal judge, because those are directly um, appointed by an elected individual. Now, I don't think you can just get rid of them willy nilly, but you oh, no. Yeah, you, you can. You can. Not a Supreme Court justice. But oh, a, but a federal judge? Federal oh, yeah. Judge? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the president can ask for anyone's resignation, and they normally get it. Okay. Yeah. So the essential doctrine is being challenged before the court today in a pair of cases, uh, Loper, Bright. And, you know, the cases narrowly involve the management of the Atlantic herring fishery, but the stakes are much broader. The court is being asked to do away or weaken the Chevron defense doctrine that has guided four decades of law. That law that could allow hundreds of unelected lower court judges to make decisions based on personal preference, disregarding the expertise of the federal agencies that are accountable to the public through their elected branches. <laughs> no, they're not accountable to the public totally. in any way. Right. Judges I, are there to protect that, it. Yeah, he, he keeps saying the same thing. It, ah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's... Uh, this one, yeah, it it's going to be interesting. So this is before the Supreme Court now, correct? Yeah, this is before the Supreme Court. And they have decided to hear the case. Yes, they have. They have they have heard it. Well, this could be groundbreaking. It really could. It could change. Oh, this is this is why this was the second story. Yeah. It could change the entire structure of you know, the the administrative function of this country, which in my opinion would be a great thing. Oh yeah, you know? no. And I and in the show notes I actually have four articles on it. I have yeah. this guy's article cuz again, I wanted to show what the art because the argument on the other side i understand what they're saying right i just so fundamentally disagree with it as do i and you are skewing some serious stuff but by the same token i want to also acknowledge that if the administrative powers of some of these alphabet agencies are extremely curtailed you will have some corporations that do try to start you know, uh, doing shit that is harmful to the public in general, you know, maybe polluting, maybe, you know, taking too many fish or something like that. Um, so there is a, a check and balance. But having said that, the right way to do it is not the way they're doing it now. The right way to solve these problems is when a corporation does do something that is harmful or detrimental to the public at large, that we form a mob and we go kill the executives. And that, folks, is the right way to do things. But uh, having said that, that is pretty much the end of our number one. Uh, if you'd like to, we hear, got a lot more to get to. Yeah, if you'd like, uh, we got so much more to get to because I ran it for so long in your fucking chat GPT thing. But if you'd like to join us in the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. You get a second hour of content and a whole bunch of swag, and we will see you on the other side. Patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. See you there.